We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday ah feel the whoa with listerine at bj's you can save two dollars and fifty cents now on listerine products like total care anti-cavity fluoride fresh mint mouthwash or cool mint pocket packs fresh breath strips at your nearest bj's location experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with listerine discount available through december 24th save now only at bj's Well, hello and God bless you. This is Bishop Kevin J. Foreman, pastor of Urban Word Church International, located here in Denver, Colorado, the place where we are changing a generation by changing the way we do church. Listen, I am so excited that you're listening to this life-changing message brought to you by our Taking Over Media Department. If this message is a blessing to you, please email us or contact us to let us know how this message has changed your life. I'd like to invite you to worship if you're here in the Denver area every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. We're located in 1551 South Monroe Street, Denver, Colorado, 80210. That's right off of East Florida Avenue and Colorado Boulevard. I am so excited about our new internet worship campus located at www.uword.org. There you can view services live streaming every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, as well as view our on-demand broadcast as well. I am so excited about what God wants to do in your life. And remember this, God can do anything but fail in your life. And if God said it, you believe it, and that settles it. Galatians chapter number 5. Amen. I know we're still standing, y'all. We're still standing. When we read the word of the Lord, we stand and honor God. Amen. I'm going to let you sit down. I'm going to let you sit down. Galatians chapter 5. Are you there? I want you to go to verse number 18. Of course, you know I'm still in my Back to the Basics series, and I think this message is going to be a blessing to you. Verse number 18, it says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Now, let me stop before we even read this. Sometimes we have to take accountability for things that are going on in our life. Everything that's going on can't be the devil's fault. Y'all ain't talking to me because right here it says the works of the flesh are evident. The flesh and Satan have nothing to do with each other. You ain't hear what I just said. Watch this. This is what it says. Or adultery. Now, let me explain to you what adultery is. Adultery means to break your covenant. uh, We use it a lot of the times to say for marital infidelity, but that's not the only meaning of adultery. It means literally to break a covenant that you made. So if you say, Bishop, I'm going to be at church at 730 and you get there at 8, you broke the covenant. Y'all ain't talking. Listen, he says, adultery, fornication, we know that, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. Anybody ever been, knew somebody that was jealous of you because you had something and you didn't know why they was jealous because they didn't know the hell you had to get through to get it? Uh-huh, yeah. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, heresies are crimes against the church, envy murders, drunkenness, revelries, and of the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit, somebody say the fruit 
of the spirit. Now here's how you know whether or not you're walking in the spirit. Because you'll have these things. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. In other words, that means you can go through something and not grow weary while you're going through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Bishop, I'm going to be an usher so you be faithful to what you said you're going to do. Uh-huh. Y'all ain't talking to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Somebody say amen. Listen, I'm going to be ministering to you today from this thought. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> Let's look at somebody next to you and say, neighbor. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> Father, speak through me today. I am your oracle. I am your vessel sent to deliver your word. Father, I just pray that you would use me. I decrease that you may increase. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated. Give God a shout of praise as you're taking your seats. Now listen, I taught you last week about working the word, the power of understanding what the word is and how to apply and use the word in your life. Now I told you, I ended last week talking about Joshua. Somebody say Joshua. Now, Joshua, we know, was Moses' successor. He was the leader that came after Moses. Now, the Lord had chosen Joshua to leave the people in a place that Moses couldn't take them because Moses refused to get over his issues. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, see, we understand that Joshua was the son of Nun. And I told you last week uh, that every time it says the son of Nun, it was reminding Joshua that he was going to be just like his daddy. Watch this, because none meant captivity. It literally meant fisher, but none had always, Joshua's father had never seen freedom because he had always lived in Egyptian captivity. And so what the enemy was trying to do to Joshua was say, Joshua, you're going to be just like your daddy because your daddy didn't know freedom, and so you're not going to know freedom. Anybody ever been told that? You're going to be just like your daddy, or you're going to be just like something? Please understand, the devil is a liar. Somebody shout out, the devil is a liar. Listen, at some point, people of God, we must take responsibility for ourselves. And at some point, we've got to stop blaming other people for the reasons why we are the way that we are. Please understand, never get caught up in thinking that you were the only one that had it bad. Matter of fact, if you compare the things we went through, we actually got it pretty good. Uh-huh, y'all ain't saying nothing. You know, when you were growing up, did your mother ever say to you, listen, you ain't eating your food? Think about all those starving children over in which way country? Wave at me if you ever heard that. Wave at me. Wave, wave, wave. Watch this. We really didn't have it that bad. But what happens is, is that we allow things to get on the inside of us. And when they get on the inside of us, they keep us from walking in what God has ordained. Somebody say amen. Listen, listen. I want to say this as I'm building this foundation. We can never get caught up in self-righteousness. Uh, we can never get caught up in thinking that because you go to church you're better than people that don't go to church you you can never get caught up in thinking because you pray and because you fast that you're better than somebody else because when you are self-righteous the bible says that god then now he has to allow you to be judged by your own words you don't hear what I'm saying. That's why the Bible says don't you judge somebody when they can't keep all of the law because when you judge them, you're going to have to look at the man in the mirror because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And so we can't be self-righteous against people where I thank God I'm better than this and I'm better than that and I don't do this and I don't do that because you do something. Y'all ain't talking to me today. Understand this, understand this. When we judge others, what we do is we provoke God. 
Bishop, what is judgment? Now, understand, there's, an, there's a difference between judging someone and making a point of reference. Now, let me explain to you the difference. Now, a lot of people, you ever hear somebody walk up to you? I wanted to tell you that because I just wanted you to pray for so-and-so. And so they tell you all their business and say, I just want to tell you that so you can pray for them. Knowing good doggone well, that wasn't their intention. Their intention was to gossip. And let me just stop and pause and say right here, when people want to gossip to you and talk about folks, you got to learn how to say, wait a minute, my ears ain't trash cans. And so if you want to talk mess, you better go somewhere else because I ain't the one. Y'all ain't talking to me today. So when you judge someone, what you are doing is saying, well, because they do that, that means that they are going to hell. Watch this. Or you say, well, they're going through that because they did that. Here's the only problem, people of God. We have no way of understanding why someone is going through what they're going through in their life. Just because somebody got a little trouble going on in their life does not mean that they didn't done something wrong. Job had done nothing wrong, yet he had hell come against him. So, so never get caught up in self-righteousness. Never think that you, you're, 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 what you do is so much better than what your brother does. Uh, uh, watch this please understand this please understand this if we're so spiritual we ought to pray <laughs> you, you don't hear what i'm saying we got to stop murdering one another and their reputation with our mouths oh you don't understand what i'm saying there are murders when you open up your mouth to speak against another brother or sister in the lord what you're doing is you are murdering their reputation that's why in scripture there is murder and then there is manslaughter the difference is this is to actually kill a person and scripture was referred to as manslaughter but to murder means that you kill their ability to influence bishop where are you going i'm going somewhere look at somebody say he's going somewhere Understand this, understand this. Uh, flip over to Isaiah 65.5. Isaiah 65.5. I'm building a foundation. I need y'all to go with me. Isaiah 65.5. Because sometimes you'll find yourself saying, oops, I did it again. And by the same measure that you point your finger at others is the same measure God will allow that to come back against you. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Isaiah 65.5. Look at it. He says, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am holier than you. Anybody ever met somebody that thought they were better than you because they had on their good church clothes? Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. You met them and you saw them Sunday afternoon in the restaurant. They just came from church and yet they're meaner than a junkyard dog. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Look at what it says there. Do not come near me, for I'm holier than you. These are smoke in my nostrils. In other words, the Lord says, that stinks to me. That stinks to me. When people say, listen, I, I'm too good to be around this person. I'm too good to be around that. The Lord says, that stinks to me. And look what he says. It's a fire that burns all day. Listen, what you trying to say? I'm trying to say that before you look at that speck in your brother's eye, we got to examine the planks that are in our eyes. Somebody say amen. I'm building. I'm going somewhere. Go to Romans 7. Go to Romans 7. Go to Romans 7. In verse 4, when you have it, say amen. Let me also say, never allow our, uh, yourself to get caught up in legalism. Legalism is touch not, taste not, eat not, do not, sit not, move not, do not, nothing. That's legalism. Never get caught up in legalism. Because what legalism does is it replaces works. It replaces actions for heart. 
You didn't hear what I just said. I just said something right there. What legalism does is say as long as you follow the ritual, then you're okay. But there are people that come to church every week and still never change. Because they follow the ritual, but it never became real to them. Look at somebody and say, it's real to me. Uh, uh-huh. It's real to me. Are you there in Romans 7? Go to verse number 4. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Paul is saying to Romans, he's saying, he's saying, listen, become dead now to yourself. Become dead now to the law. Become dead now to legalism because you are now married to Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Look what he says there. To him who was raised from the dead that we should bear fruit to God. Now, watch this. What kind of fruit is he talking about? We just read there in Galatians. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The way we know that our faith is working is when we start bearing fruit that resembles the Master. Uh-huh. When we start bearing fruit that looks like Christ, y'all, y'all ain't talking to me. When we start bearing fruit that looks like God, then we start to, to, to understand that we're becoming more and more like him. Are you with me? Look at what it says. Five. For when we were in the flesh. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Paul is talking as if the Romans have already been delivered from themselves. Uh, Y'all don't hear what I just said. Paul is talking like the Romans have already been delivered from the flesh. People of God, if we're going to walk in the things God has ordained for us, we have got to learn how to crucify our flesh and stop letting everything get to you. Stop wearing your emotions on your sleeve and waiting for somebody to offend you and waiting for somebody to say something to you. Why don't you go out and if you're so spiritual, why don't you love them before they get the opportunity to hurt you? A lot of the times what we do is, you know what we do? When we think we're going to be hurt, we put up a wall and we say, I'm going to hurt you before you get the opportunity to hurt me. Are y'all with me today? Five, he says, for when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not the oldness of the letter. What he is saying is, is that if you only get the mind part, but you never get the heart part, it ain't going to do nothing for you. Uh huh. As long as just reading this book, I told you last week, just reading this book don't mean no difference. There are theologians and people that read this book every day and every week and yet they still don't believe it because they are trying to comprehend spiritual things with a carnal mind. Uh, you, watch this. Faith works like this. Faith says that you don't know how you made ends meet because if you look at the numbers, you don't make enough money to make it through the end of the month. But, but, the, but, but the mind can't comprehend that. The mind can only comprehend that, that the numbers didn't add up. Faith says it, it skips that. It's not calm. Look at what he says. Seven. What so we serve then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. For the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. In other words, he's saying the way that they were able to distinguish what was right and what was wrong is because they had something to tell them that. Have you ever been doing something that was wrong and you didn't know it was wrong and folks looked at you crazy like you were supposed to know but nobody told you? You know what I'm saying? You were parking in this spot up here that was reserved for somebody, but it didn't say reserved, but everybody knew it was reserved. And so people came out getting an attitude with you because you didn't know because nobody had told you. <laughs> so what the law does is it provides a point of reference so that we can understand what is right and now what is wrong. Look at, go to 8. He says, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. In other words, look what he's saying. 
He wanted something because he found out he wasn't supposed to have it. <laughs> Y'all ain't talking to me there. Have you ever wanted something and the only reason you wanted it was because you weren't supposed to have it? See, that's what happens with a lot of women that are attracted to married men. Uh, what ends up happening is because they know they ain't supposed to have it, they're attracted to it. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. That's what happens when we start dating folks that don't love the Lord. Please understand, if you're dating somebody that does not love the Lord, you better watch out. Because their purpose in your life is to turn you from God. Listen, what are you talking about? Look at Solomon. The Bible says that Solomon served the Lord until he started letting his thousand girlfriends and wives turn him from God. He knew up front they didn't serve his God, and yet he said, well, I'll change them. Y'all ain't talking to me today. I'm going to preach, Bishop. I'm going to change them. When we get married, everything's going to change. I've been putting anointing oil on his pillow. I got a miracle bar of soap from one of them TV folks. And so he's going to change. Can I tell you, if they don't do it before the wedding, they won't do it during the marriage. Ladies, if he don't love you right before you get married, I'm telling you, it ain't happening afterwards. Listen, wait a minute. People can change. They can change, but you make them change before you commit to a covenant. <laughs> Y'all ain't talking. This ain't no marriage message. Let me keep on moving. Nine. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. In other words, he said every time he looked at something that he was not able to stand up to and measure up to. Has anybody ever felt like you've had to live in the shadow of somebody else? Maybe you were a young man and you felt like you had to live in the shadow of your father. Or maybe you, 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 you are a young lady and you felt like you had to live in the shadow of your older sister. Watch this. So Paul's saying, I'm having to live in the shadow of something that I can't measure up to. Look at this. Look at 11. He said, for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it, it killed me. In other words, Paul is saying, I wanted to stop, but I couldn't. Y'all ain't talking to me today. Can we be real in this place today? Anybody ever been doing something that you said, I don't want to do this no more. But every time you tried to stop doing it, you found yourself right back there doing it. Can we be real in the house today? Look, 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 look what he says. He said, sin deceived me, and by it, it killed me. Now, I want you to skip down to verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. Look, look, look at this. This is a, called a paradox. He says, for what I will to do, that I do not practice. <laughs> but what I hate to do, that's what I do. Anybody ever been where Paul is, the apostle? Paul now had gotten millions of people saved and he preached the gospel to all the continent of Asia in two years and three months and he founded more churches than any other apostle. Yet he found himself saying, I got some stuff that I don't want to do, but I don't want to do it, but that's what I find myself doing. Oops. I did it again. Uh, look, look here, look here. 16. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it. Look what he says. But sin that dwells in me. In other words, he said he stayed in it for so long that now when he wants to change, there is a blockage keeping him from changing. You may say, Bishop, I ain't got no major sin issues in my life. But there is something 
that you don't want to do because you know you ain't supposed to do it, but you find yourself doing it because there is a force fighting against you when you try to go and check. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't want to worry, but yet you find yourself all up all night worrying because there's something in you that won't let the worry die. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me today. Look, 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 look who he says. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Let me say this. It is not good enough just to have a good heart. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 12 and Matthew 15, he says, For out of a heart proceedeth every evil thing. You ever met somebody and say, Well, I have a good heart. Please understand, baby, that ain't good enough. Because my Bible teaches me that out of that heart, we can have some very icky things coming out of it. Unless we die to our flesh and allow Christ to live. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Look, he says, Nothing good dwells, for to will is... Uh, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. So the words he says, I want to love. Only problem is, is I can't figure out how to do it. Watch this. He says, I want to do better. I just can't figure out how, how to do it. it. It's just like, think about it like this. You want to start a business, you just don't know how to do it. Look at what he says. Look at what he says. Go to 19. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Look at 23. But I see another law of my members, warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Look at what Paul says. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God and with the flesh, the law of sin. Bishop, what, what is all of that saying? Paul finds himself in a dilemma. Paul is ministering now, but he's finding himself struggling with the things he's ministering about. Let me pause right here to say, the things that you've struggled with in your life are the areas that God has called you to minister to others in. Ladies, if you've struggled with low self-esteem or abusive relationships, that is the area that the Lord has called you to minister in. Don't you let your pain have no purpose. Don't go through hell just to go through hell for the sake of going through hell. Make it mean something. Look at somebody and say, make it mean something. What you learned from your last relationship, baby, you better put it in the example and you put it in the use in your new relationship. Because if you don't, you'll find yourself walking around the same mountain for 40 years wondering why nothing is changing. I wish I was in church this morning. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I've got a lot of scripture for you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now we know this story because we've, we've heard this story a lot of the times. And go to verse number 6. If you have a say amen. Look at what he says. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will speak the truth. But I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. In other words, Paul is saying, I'm concerned that if I start running my mouth, my actions may not match up with my, what my mouth is saying. Y'all ain't talking to me today. Anybody ever met somebody that was always talking one thing, but when you actually got up on them, it was something else? Uh-huh. It looked like one of those paintings. What they call them? A Picasso. When you, get, when you stand back, it don't look. When you get up on it, it looked like something different. 
Which what's it called? Abstracts. I didn't go to art school. <laughs> Are you there? Look at verse number seven. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. Please understand, just getting a revelation ain't enough. If you don't put that revelation into play, your revelation was worthless. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. If we don't start using what we're learning, what we're learning ain't no good. Y'all ain't talking to me. It's amazing. You talk to people all across the body of Christ. I left this church because I wasn't going. I left it. I wasn't going. I wasn't going. I wasn't. And all this kind of stuff. But baby, if you weren't even putting into play what you were learning, then the growth factor wasn't the preacher's problem. Are you with me? Now, certainly that don't mean that some folks ain't supposed to be preaching. Y'all ain't talking. Look at what Paul says. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now look, Paul's talking about it like it's almost a gift. He's saying it was given to me. He didn't say it was forced on me. He didn't say I had to take it. He said it was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me or to beat me, lest I be exalted above measure. Let me point out some things of this verse to you. Look, it says, a, a, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a message of Satan to buffet me. That scripture reference there has to do with the boils that Job had. You do understand that the Lord trusted Job so much that he allowed him to go through trouble. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You know that the Lord can trust you when you got trouble going on in your life. Because some people could go through the hell that you're going through and they lose their mind. But when you go through it, you just pray harder. Y'all ain't talking to me. He said, I trust Paul with some trouble. I trust Paul with a thorn in his flesh. And the reference there has to do with Job and Job's boils. Here's the thing I learned about a boil is a boil appears in hidden places. Watch this. The way a boil forms is it's formed from bacteria that normally rest on your skin anyhow. But when there is a cut on your skin, that cut allows that bacterium to come in and contaminate it. And subsequently, a boil forms. Are y'all with me? Bishop, what that's got to do with something? Watch this. The way a boil is formed is from bacteria that is part of your skin anyhow. What happens is when you get cut, that bacteria seeps into a place it was never designed to get. Listen to what you're talking about. Sometimes the thorns that we've got in our life are simply because we went through the trouble that was part of life. Paul, excuse me, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes that it rains on the just and the unjust. So don't take it personal. Sometimes it's just part of life. The bacteria is part of your skin. But when a cut gets there, it allows that bacteria to seep in. But see, what you're talking, some of the things and some of the boils that are in our lives and the thorns that are in our flesh are simply because we let something get a place it was never supposed to go to. Y'all ain't talking to me today. You were hurt as a child and you weren't supposed to allow that to get deep and embedded on the inside of you. But because you did, it has now formed a boil. Now, here's some things I learned about boils now. People with immune disorders, diabetes, poor hygiene, or malnutrition, that of vitamin A and E, are susceptible to getting boils. However, they can occur in healthy, hygienic individuals due to over-scratching a particular area of the skin. Now that'll preach all day long. Listen to this. Listen to this. Boils in the armpits can sometimes be caused by antiperspirant deodorants. 
Watch this. Watch this. Listen to this. Listen to this. So it is caused by an immune disorder, diabetes, poor hygiene, or malnutrition. So I want to deal with these so that you can understand. Now, most boils run their course in four to ten days. And now what will happen is that uh, if you simply apply a warm towel that the boil uh, will uh, alleviate the pain and it will drain out, uh, you know, that juice called pus. Bishop, where are you going? I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Once the boil drains, that area should be washed with antibacterial soap and bandage well. Watch this. The number one cause of boils has to do with a deficiency in vitamin A and in vitamin E. So ask me, Bishop, what they do? Okay, I'm glad you asked me that question. Vitamin A can be taken as a supplement and it has an importance in your vision and in your bone growth. And you know you're suffering from a vitamin A deficiency if you have night blindness. Watch this. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Please understand that just like in the spiritual is in the practical and just like in the practical is in the spiritual. Please understand some of the thorns that are in our flesh and some of the boils that develop in our life are simply because we've got deficiencies. Mm -hmm. The vitamin A deficiency was a lack of vision. It affected the way you saw things. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. If you don't see yourself as what God has called you to be, you will always stay in a rut of life because you're always waiting on somebody to come and put you in the pool. But at some point, you got to say the angel's been stirring the water for 38 years. This is, it has to deal with your bone growth. In other words, it's got to do with your structure. Some people have been pre-programmed to be dysfunctional. This is what you're talking about. Some of us only know dysfunction, and so when we get some normalcy, we don't know what to do with it because we're so used to dysfunction. And so if things aren't chaotic, we make them chaotic because that's what we're used to. Y'all ain't talking to me today. I'm going to preach my own self happy. Now, the second dealing is with vitamin E. Somebody say vitamin E. We find vitamin E in lotions and skim creams and foods. Here's what happens. Deficiency in vitamin E comes when someone can't properly absorb dietary fats. Bishop, what that got to do with it? Watch this, watch this, watch this. They hear the word. <laughs> it's there. They got tapes. CDs, DVDs, books, mobile devotionals. They hear it, but it never gets absorbed into the bloodstream. So because it never gets absorbed, they have a deficiency of something that's readily available. Y'all ain't talking to me today. If you need a word, I dare you to just open up your mouth and shout to the Lord right now. Open up your mouth and shout to the Lord right now. The word is there. The only problem is they don't apply it because they think it's for everybody else. That's the person that sits in church and says, yep, that's true. Shaquan and them need to know that. I'm getting this tape for Renee because she, mm, yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, girl, get the tape for her because she, yep, she's the, yep, she's the one. Watch this. When the word comes forth, first apply it to yourself before you try to start applying it to everybody else. Are you with me? Now, here's a totally side note brought to you on behalf of Dr. Foreman. 
Vitamin E also helps against the fight of cancer, cataracts, age-related macular degeneration, Alzheimer's, and heart disease. So if you're dealing with those things, you need to get you some vitamin E. Now listen, you can come to church and get a health lesson all wrapped up in one. But now watch this. Just like most diseases and viruses and things along those nature, there are some that are resistant to antibiotics. <laughs> watch this, watch this. Some boils are caused by a superbug known as community-acquired methicillin-resistant staphylococcus aureus. <laughs> Thank the Lord for the computers. Amen. Here's what happens, y'all. Once that boil forms and it doesn't go away after four to ten days, it is chronic. And so it may look like it disappears, but it returns when the conditions are right. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You haven't overcome something if every time it comes back around and the conditions are right, you go back to doing the old things that you used to do. You've not been delivered from that unless it's completely wiped away. So there's some things that are resistant to antibiotics. And I'm here to tell you that Paul Thorne was resistant to normal drugs. Bishop, how do you know that? Look at verse 8. He said, concerning this thing, I pleaded or I begged with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am, what does it say? Strong. Now let me teach you about a thorn. Let me teach you about this. Let me connect some dots. Thorns or boils, they're synonymous in this particular text the way we're looking at it. They are things that you pick up in Egypt. Thorns are things that we pick up in our journey. How many people know life is a journey? How many people know that you never get there? Destiny is not a place, it's a journey. So sometimes you just got to get excited that you're still on the journey. You don't hear what I'm saying. You may have got knocked down, you may have got knocked around, but you're still on the journey. And as long as you're still walking, you can't be defeated. But watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. There were things that we were supposed to learn from and then leave. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. They were things that we were supposed to learn from and then leave them alone. They were things that were supposed to teach us a lesson and then we were supposed to leave it alone. Please understand, most of the times the lessons we learn from thorns and from boils are lessons learned in hindsight. Many times when you leave one relationship, you have no idea what they were sent to do because they were either sent by the Lord or sent by the enemy. Uh-huh. And so many times you don't know what they were sent to do until that relationship is over and you can say, oh, that's what he was there for. That You don't hear what I'm saying. That's what they were there for. Look at this. Look at this. Here's the problem. You could bring the people out of Egypt, but you couldn't bring the Egypt out of them because they were conditioned to be dysfunctional. They were conditioned not to having things work the way they're supposed to work. I'm going somewhere and I'm going to get there very quickly. Here's the deal. What happens when God gives you a way out? But because you're so used to dysfunction, you find yourself fighting battles you were never intended to fight. 
Please understand, the Bible says that he'll give you the anointing and the grace to handle things. So if there are things in your life that you can't handle, that means you got involved in a fight that you weren't supposed to sign up for. Y'all ain't talking to me. Listen to this. Listen to this. Talk about, well, I'm just holding on because I'm using my faith. That ain't faith. It's called being a victim. Watch this. Faith got to be mixed with common sense. I told you that earlier. Joshua 23.13. Joshua 23.13. I'm building a foundation. I'm going to get there very quickly. Joshua 23.13. It says this. Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps for you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from the good land which the Lord your God has given you. Here's the thing about a thorn. Here's the thing about a thorn is that it is only a thorn if you look at it that way. Watch this. It's like that old adage. Do you look at the glass half? Full or half empty. Look at what the book says in Joshua. He says that it was a thorn in your eye. There are certain people that have been sent in your life to be thorns. But they're only thorns and only mess with you if you allow them to do it. Please understand, that's what the Bible says. God will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. Because even though you got crazy folk around you and crazy folk talking stuff to you, God says, I'll give you peace because the good shepherd leads you by the still water. And so it doesn't mean that what you're going through is peaceful. It means that you got peace about what you're going through. Watch this. Paul's thorn couldn't be fixed with another relationship. His thorn couldn't be fixed with another house. It could not be fixed with another something carnal. That's what we try to do, y'all. We try to fix spiritual problems with carnal solutions. And so you're feeling bad and you're feeling kind of down and you, and, you, and, you, and you go out and you just start eating everything you see. Anybody? Now don't wave at me, but wink at me if you use food to medicate your stress. Just wink. Wink. It's all right. Let me wink for you, so I... When I'm feeling a little discouraged, I go pick me up a chocolate cake. Y'all ain't talking. The only problem is, is that it doesn't fix it. It puts a band-aid on something that needs deeper fixing. It's like putting a band-aid on a broken arm. It don't, it don't make sense. It's going to be hanging all loose looking. Are y'all with me? The only way Paul's thorn could be fixed if the anointing of God. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The Lord says to Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient. Watch this. In other words, he says, my anointing is sufficient for that. You didn't hear what I just said. God says, listen, what you're dealing with, I won't take it from you because you haven't properly learned everything you're supposed to learn from it. And so while you're going through it, I'm going to anoint you to handle it. Sometimes you got to go through the storm. We're delivered through the valley, not from the valley. You got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death before you can learn how to fear no evil because thou art with me. You got to learn how to go through something. Stop throwing in the towel every time things get a little tough. You're talking about I want to quit and I want to do all this because I got a little trouble going on, baby. Trouble don't last always. Look at this. Listen. Some things won't change until we learn how to walk in the anointing of God, which is his grace. 
Understand, we sing that song all the time, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, and say, a wretch like me. But many of the times we only think that it's got to do with us being saved from hell. But God's grace is far deeper than just being saved from going to hell. Thank God that we ain't going to hell. But now I need to get through everyday life. Y'all ain't talking to me. The problem is the way that we thought about faith. Faith, you know, faith, you know. People, when we got faith, you know, we, you know, look all faithy. You know, you start moaning and groaning. Mm, I got the faith. Thank you, Jesus, I got the faith. Start looking all mean and spitting and stuff. And we've been taught that that is faith. We've been taught that faith is when we're strong. And if you're strong and persevere, keep the faith. But that ain't what faith is because that means it's predicated on our strength. Watch this. Watch this. Carnal faith says, if I can just do this, or if I just do that, or if I just do this, things will be different. But that ain't faith in God. That's faith in you. Y'all ain't talking to me today. I'm going to take it home. Certainly faith without works is dead. But the question is, what are works? Look at your neighbor and say, what are works? James 2, I don't have time to go there. Works were obedience to what God had already said to do. It wasn't about going out and trying to create something new. You need to understand, there is nothing new under the sun, baby. So my faith and my works is my obedience to what he said. So my, how this works is that if I'm believing the Lord for a financial breakthrough, I stay obedient to what he said about giving. And when I stay obedient to that, then my faith is going to get me what I need. Are you with me? You want your faith to be alive? How many people you want your faith to be alive? Holler at me if you want your faith to be alive. Uh, I says, then start doing what he already said. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Faith without works being dead does not mean incapacitated. You, you, you have seen night of the living dead, haven't you? Okay, for those of you that haven't seen it because you were so spiritual, you were watching TBN all night when it was on. At the night of the living dead, all of a sudden, this man appears on the cemetery and he starts biting folk. Now, the problem I got with that movie, and if you're watching, I want to know how that got to that point. <laughs> but here's what I'm trying to say. Something being dead does not mean that it's incapacitated for moving. That's why you can be, uh, that's why you could have been in an old relationship that's now dead, but it still has an effect on you because it's dead but not incapacitated. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. That's why we can be delivered from some circumstances, but every time we look at this or look at that or see that, it revives something that's on the inside of us because while it's dead, it doesn't necessarily mean it's incapacitated. So, Bishop, what are you saying? If our confessions don't match up with what our faith is doing, and if our faith doesn't match up with our actions, then our confessions are dead faith walking. You hear what I'm saying? Don't say that you're believing the Lord to work things out, yet at every turn you're trying to make it happen. Because then you're not trying to let the Lord work it out, you're trying to work it out. And as long as you're trying to work it out, your faith ain't in God, your faith is in what you can do. Are y'all with me today? Y'all ain't talking. Look at this. Faith has nothing to do with our own ability or with our talents. Watch this. Things that require faith are impossible for the mind to comprehend. You want to know you got a vision from the Lord? It's impossible for you to do it. 
You want to know if this is the will of God for my life? Please understand. People say if, if it's God's will, then everything will just fall into place. That ain't true. It was God's will for Paul to make it, uh, uh, for, uh, to, to, make it uh, to Rome so he could get to Caesar so that they could preach the gospel and that the capital would get the gospel. But on Paul's way there, he got a shipwrecked. And every time it looked like he wasn't going to get there. But the Lord turned something that was meant for his evil and he turned it around for good. Sometimes you need to understand if you got hell going on in your life, it may not be because you're going in the wrong direction. It may be because you're going exactly where you're supposed to be going. And so now the enemy can just get you distracted. If he can get you unfocused. You know the greatest weapon against the body of Christ, it ain't sin. Lift up your hand, say this with me. My sin has been forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that sin issue is dealt with. Stop letting the church. You know what happens? As people get free from sin, and then they come to church and get right back in bondage. Bondage to the system. Bondage to thinking that because you made a few mistakes that, that that's why you're going through what you're going through. But I'm here to tell you, y'all, Paul, who was one of the greatest apostles, even sometimes he had to say, oops, I did it again. Are you with me? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Understand this. Faith is understanding what has been said. Let me make that plainer. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Faith has got nothing to do with our own ability. Watch this. It takes God to believe God. Look at somebody said, it takes God to believe God. Here's what you got to understand. It's not on you to make it happen if you've got faith in God. It's on your daddy. You didn't hear what I just said. Some of you have been worried about how things are going to happen that the Lord spoke to you. And I came here today just to stop by to let you know, if your faith is in God, it ain't on you to make it happen. Here's the truth. If we are really God's children, then we got to let him be daddy. I ain't never seen no three-year-old walking around stressed out because they didn't know how they're going to eat or how the light bill's going to get paid. Because they know that their daddy's got it under control. You don't hear what I'm saying. If your faith is in God, baby, then you don't allow worry to get to you because you know daddy's got it. Look at somebody and say, daddy got it. Daddy got it. Daddy's got it under control. I ain't never seen no infant running around scared about how things are going to happen and worrying and losing sleep. Why? Because who got it? Daddy's got it. Tell somebody else and say, daddy's got it. I'm almost done. Watch this. Our faith has got to be in him and not in circumstances. Whatever guides your decisions is who your faith is in. I'm going to connect all these dots in a minute. Whatever guides your decision is who your faith is in. So if you make decisions based on what you see, then your faith is not in God. Your faith is in your circumstances. You know, sometimes where our storms last and it seems like, anybody got a storm, a particular storm that's been going on in your life that seems like it's been on forever? Forever and, y'all ain't talking forever and a day and then some. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes it's because our faith is in those circumstances. And whatever your faith is in, it is magnified and becomes great. That's why the Bible says, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Because when I magnify him and when my faith is in him, he becomes bigger than my circumstances. Understand, it ain't the dog size of the dog that's in the fight. It's the size of the fight that's in the dog. You need to understand that if God can be for you, who? 
But that only works if our faith is in him and not in our circumstances. Somebody say amen. Here, here, here's how faith works because I think we've got faith wrong and I'm still in the back to the basic series and here's, here's where I, I did all that to get to right here. Here's how faith works. God will say, move to California. Now, for those of you that are maybe considering moving to California, this ain't the Lord saying that to you. You stay put. <laughs> hey man, I'm messing with you. God will say, move to California because I got something that I want you to do there. And you may say, Lord, I don't know nobody in no California. It's high cost of living there. I ain't going to no California. Lord, they be having earthquakes and stuff. Are you with me? But the Lord will say, move to California. Now watch this. I'm going somewhere. Watch this. Watch this. Our faith is the obedience to what he said. So our faith is, Lord, okay, I'm going to California. Watch this. But here's where the works comes in. Here's where, the, here's where it comes in. There's several different ways to get to California. You can go by car. You can go by bus. You can go by train. You can go by airplane. I don't care how you get there. Just get here if you can. Watch this. Watch this, y'all. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. So from the obedience to the call, that's the faith part. But how we actually get there, that is where the Lord relies on what he's brought us through to get us there. Please understand, some of you, uh, the Lord has called you to own businesses, and so you've had a lot of business failures in your past. God allowed you to use those experiences so that when he says, go over here now, you know how to get there because you went through this, that, and the other. That's what the Bible says, in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. Because when you get some wisdom behind you, you got some safety. Stop trying to do everything without no wisdom about what you're doing. You better learn how to ask some questions. I ask country for questions. Somebody say amen. So watch this, so watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. So out of the different ways that we can get to California, the Lord says, now listen, as long as you're obedient to the call, I don't care how you get there. I just want you to get there in the time that I delegate for you to get there. Are y'all with what I'm saying today? I'm trying to help you to understand faith. Faith is not all about when we're strong. <laughs> Paul said that when he was weak... That's when he was really strong. Why? Because when we decrease, that's when he increases. And when he increases, then it is now not you that's making decisions, but it's the mind of Christ working for you. Peter said, let this mind that was also in Christ be in you. Somebody say, I need the mind of Christ. Watch this. So the anointing is what teaches you things. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. That's why it matters what church you go to. Because it just ain't about going and getting a good feeling and you like the children's program. You've got to be able to connect to an anointing. Because it is not the youth ministry that built, breaks the yoke. It ain't Club V that breaks the yoke. It ain't deacons that break the yoke. It ain't elders that break the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the yokes of bondages in your life. That's why you got to come hungry to church for the word. You got to be hungry for it. Please understand, and I've said this several times, when we come to church, y'all, we got to understand that we are here to meet the Lord. And when we meet him, he's here to provide for us. I would never come to church and leave without talking to the Lord because I allowed somebody to offend me. Y'all ain't talking to me. Listen, 
You got to start every day with a decision to walk by faith and not by sight, not by circumstances. Part of Paul's dilemma, y'all, was that he kept looking at the thorn. Now, it wasn't a literal thorn. Theologians debate about what the actual thorn was. But what happened is, is he kept looking at the thorn. And as he kept looking at it, he continued to magnify it above the power of his God. That's why Paul says that now I no longer boast in anything except my infirmities. Why? Because he says when I am weak, that is when God is made strong. Can I tell you that your faith, you know your faith is working, that when you want to throw in the towel, something, something keeps you from doing it? You know your faith is working when you want to quit, but something is like Jeremiah, fire shots up in your bones and you can't quit. When you want to let them know how you really feel because they need to be told off. You, 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 you know, some, some, some folks, you got some folks right now that you were waiting on Monday morning to come around because you had a piece of your mind to give them. And you've been thinking about it. You've been structuring it all weekend. Your faith, y'all, is really working. Our faith is really working when we are not moved by our circumstances. We do not serve our circumstances. Our circumstances serve us. You say, Bishop, I've heard that before. But here's the deal. You got to learn how to say, oops, maybe I made a mistake. Oops, I did it again. But I got to keep on moving. Don't get stuck in worry. Don't get stuck in defeat. Don't get stuck in heartache. Don't get stuck in pain. Don't get stuck in issues. You got to learn how to say, oops, I did it again. And you got to move on. And can I tell you that God's grace is sufficient for your oops? Y'all ain't talking to me. Anybody like me, you got a lot of oopses? Okay, let me talk about myself. I got some oopses. But the Bible says that when I oops, his grace is sufficient. His grace is strong enough for me. The reason you can't quit is because you're too legit to quit. I heard of one preacher say it like this. You can't lose stuff I use. <laughs> listen, listen. So the question is, what does God say to you? The question is, what has God said about you? If no one ever told you that you were a male or a female or you were short or tall or you were black or white or whatever, if nobody ever told you that, then you wouldn't have a point of reference for believing it. Listen, what are you trying to say? If you don't know what your God says about you, then anybody can come and tell you anything different and you'll believe it. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Watch this. Watch this. Back to the basics. Listen, what you talking about? Faith in God is the only thing that will make the difference. Bishop, I've heard that before. Here's why I've not convinced that we've really heard it before. Because one of the number one things that people struggle with is discouragement. And listen, can I tell you, don't you feel bad if you get discouraged? Anybody got discouraged this week? Wave at me if you had some discouragement this week. I had some discouragement this morning. But watch this. Because my faith isn't in my circumstances, what I can see, my faith is in what God has said to me. If the Lord has said that you are the head and not the tail, then you are the head and not the tail. If the Lord has said you're above and not beneath, then you are above and not beneath. And you can't allow what you see to stop you from walking in what God has said to you. Somebody say amen. Go ahead and stand on your feet today. 
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah. Feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. 